Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and this is another classic BrainStuff episode. In this one, we dig into how the life-giving nutrients in Earth's oceans come from a perhaps unlikely source, dust from deserts. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. The Sahara Desert is a long way from the Caribbean, but that doesn't matter. What happens in Africa doesn't necessarily stay in Africa. Take dust, for instance. The dirt on the ground in North Africa is dry, and the desert is windy. Every summer, dust from the dunes of the world's largest desert pours into the atmosphere over the North Atlantic to seed the world's oceans with nutrients that are sorely limited in many marine ecosystems, most notably iron, which is essential to the growth of plants. What happens to that dust after it leaves home can be very good or very bad. It's sort of a crapshoot. Nothing is stationary or permanent or simple on this wild planet of ours. The major dust-related pro? The iron that gives Saharan dust its rich red color feeds the phytoplankton in the Caribbean and along the coast of the southeastern United States, which is important because you want to know a big reason why you're breathing air right now? Phytoplankton. We spoke with Jason Westrich, a postdoctoral research scientist in the University of Georgia's Department of Microbiology. He said, For a long time, it's been assumed the tropical forests of the world were the primary source of oxygen in the atmosphere. But now it's more appreciated that the production in the ocean acts as a second lung for the planet. Phytoplankton photosynthesis is responsible for half of the oxygen and also a substantial uptake of carbon dioxide on this planet. Now for the dust-related con. In a 2016 study, a research team led by Westrich found that phytoplankton isn't the only organism in the Caribbean using the magic desert dust. Bacteria, notably 12 different species of pathogenic bacteria from the genus Vibrio, use these nutrient infusions to create blooms of their own. Vibrio bacteria are pretty ubiquitous in the world's oceans, but there are freshwater species too— You've probably heard of cholera, the disease brought to you by the freshwater Vibrio cholerae, which infects millions of people worldwide each year, especially in developing countries. A cholera outbreak after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti killed an estimated 10,000 people. And in Yemen, an ongoing cholera epidemic has infected over a million people and killed 2,000 and counting. Another Vibrio, the flesh-eating marine Vibrio vulnificus, is also deadly to humans. It can gain entry through an abrasion or puncture wound, such as a fish hook, leading to severe infection, especially for immunocompromised individuals. Marine Vibrio species also play a role in many diseases of ocean organisms. You know how you're not supposed to eat shellfish from some places during the summer? That's because there are more Vibrio in the water when it's warmer, and filter-feeding shellfish accumulate two species of Vibrio in their meat, which cause the majority of seafood-related sickness and death in the United States. Other Vibrio species are known to be associated with diseased coral that are already facing so many environmental stressors. Vibrio disease and mortality has even placed economic strain on the fishing and shrimp farming industries. Westrich said, Understanding what drives fluctuation of Vibrio in the environment can help to inform our predictive potential of when to expect increased disease risk in humans and other marine organisms. For example, we can track Saharan dust by satellite over the typical five-day transit across the Atlantic before it arrives in U.S. coastal waters, allowing us to warn a swimmer, scuba diver, or fisherman that there might be a peak in potentially harmful Vibrio in surface water in the Keys. 
Because Vibrio are one of the most researched marine bacterial genuses, researchers already know a lot about their biology, ecology, physiology, and genetics. And because they can reproduce so quickly, under the right nutrient conditions, one of its species has a population doubling time of just 10 minutes. Vibrio make a great model to probe the lifestyle strategy of an organism capable of quickly blooming when the nutrient circumstances are right. Next, Westrich and his colleagues will be working to better understand the role of Vibrio blooms on marine iron availability to see if they're competing with phytoplankton for that sweet, sweet iron dust. Today's episode is based on the article Saharan Dust, the Good, the Bad, and the Gritty on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Jessalyn Shields. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang and Ramsey Yount. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 